What's good? My name is Chris Stavs. It's Trapping Anonymous. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you, everybody that's been supporting the movement. I'm so ready for this episode. Um, I wish I could say that I was wait, waiting for a minute, but actually some people pushed the right buttons and we made some great things happen. So, you know, I, I can't even um, I can't even express how grateful I am for this opportunity Appreciate to sit it. down with um, a legend. So mm. I'm not going to hold you guys up too, too much. Uh, do remember that the stories that you hear do not necessarily reflect real life. They hit to entertain, educate, or just keep your little homie off the streets. Nah, this is real. Oh, this shit real? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Chris Dyes. It's Travis Anonymous. Let's get it. Yeah, it's Chris, cool, bro. man. Pleasure, man. All right, man. Chris, man. I appreciate it. Easy to remember everything. That's it. <laughs> I want to shout out Kyle, man. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Appreciate for putting this, linking this up with us, man. Yeah, Prem Jr., my brother. Yeah. Appreciate you. Um, If we could go back in time. Mm. And we're going to go to the height of your success, your personal success. We're going to go to where you could do no wrong. Everybody, you was everybody's best friend. You was yeah. everybody's, you know, constituent. Mm. Everybody knew you. They remembered you growing up. I still remember that. What was that day like? If you could bring it was yourself really to that. like how do you put it in words? It's like. You know, it's a family of eight. I gotta always go there because that's the ground that we was built from, right? Um, no money. We was from Brownsville first. People don't know that. Shit. Was living in Livonia. You're and not far we, from there right now. I know. Mm-hmm. It's the old Stormer grounds. And then we moved from there. Irv was a baby. We moved to Hollis. You know what I'm saying? So I'm young too. So, but you know, that's the the upbringing where we come from, mm-hmm. right? Uh, my mom and dad, all they had was love, that's it. They fucked with each other and they raised eight kids, no bread. So we had love, like we had each other, the family, big family, you got someone to play with, whatever. It wasn't fighting, I never looked at Irv different. And when you bring up what was it like, I can't really put the real words to it, except for amazing, like unbelievable. Like, how did we get here? Like. It was all of those feelings all in one when you actually arrive in that space, in that moment in time where you really are at the pinnacle of everything. You know, it was when I say that too, so the audience understands what that is, anything you wanted, you got it. It was really that simple. You just had to tell someone to get it. Mm. And it was there. It was just like that. No exaggeration. See, Irv wasn't an artist in the sense of he rapped. Herb was the nigga that created the star. So the level of uh, credibility is different in the side, inside of a executive standpoint. Because I remember when you was just somebody on the street. I remember when he was just yeah. serving, flipping burgers or whatever. Yeah, man, I did everything, man. Me personally, you know, Herb's journey is different. And, you know, I could only speak on the things I assisted with for him, which is a lot. Because we didn't have none, but I was fortunate at a young age to start figuring out how to get some money and shit like that. And I just would help him. You know, I told everyone, he didn't, Herb doesn't even know this. And again, the dynamic is it's my little brother. I know a lot of older brothers would always talk about how they beat their little brother up. I never did that. I never, I never touched Herb and, and put that fear in him. It was me and him together. I would, I would let him watch. Sit down, nigga. I'm going to go get these two niggas and go fuck two niggas up and make him watch. Mm. 
when he got older, he started wanting to get more active, but I didn't want him to. And I didn't want him to know all the things I was doing from an older brother, you know, standpoint. So you would say you was the muscle? I hate saying that. I'm not the muscle. Hmm. I'm not afraid of nothing, though. God and my moms. I was afraid of my moms. She was the disciplinary in the family. Was so, it? and I went. I didn't want to let her down. Like, so even though I was doing dumb shit, but you know, you young and dumb. What was the first time your little brother Irv came to you and was just like, "Yo, man, I got this idea." Like, and it, not not so much the first time he said it, but the first time you believed him. You know, I'm, hmm, I'm I'm a person that like for my brother. He, he couldn't do anything he wanted to do, he could do it. Hmm. And I just seen that in him, whether he did it or not. You know, there was a point he was playing basketball. I was as big as cheerleader. He was like, nigga, you could make it to the league. Hmm. He was nice. Mm -hmm. B.J. Carter, I'm going to shout out B.J. Carter. <laughs> B.J. Carter played for uh, Hillcrest High School. Mm -hmm. I played for uh, Van Buren. Mm -hmm. He plays B.J. Carter. He don't. B.J. don't know this. B.J. Carter don't know this, but that's, he's the reason Irv quit. Who's that nice? No, he was that fast. Okay. He was nice, but he was that fast. And Irv was basically like, if I can't keep up with him, how can I make it to the <laughs> league? <laughs> so BJ, you killed that hoop dream, boy. You know, you know, that's a fact. You know, Irv played against, like, shout out Lloyd Daniels and all of them. Like, he played against some of the best. And Lloyd Sweepy was a monster. Don't get it fucked up. Mm. But... Lloyd Irv looked at it as different because he's a 6'9 point guard or 6'7 point guard mm. that was like a Magic Johnson. So he's a rarity. But Irv was looking at him like, oh, I can't compete like that from him. But he couldn't compete with Sweepy. But I'm just saying, yeah, he didn't. that's not who killed his dream. It was, it was BJ Carter, the speed. So, so you guys said, you know what, we're going to start a production company. Now, I don't want to say you guys, Irv. Irv Again, I we was together. I was managing Irv, mm -hmm. and um, and I again I'm gonna keep it a hundred. That's what I said. This ain't no. This is you know get the Bible. I put my hand on it. This is real shit. And uh, Irv, anything I did, Irv did. Big brother, little brother. That's shit. How it is? I played ball. Irv played ball. I played football. Irv played football. I DJ. Irv DJ. It's that simple. But when Irv DJ, that's when I seen, oh my God, like he was different. Hmm. And what way? He was just different. He was nice. Yeah. He had a, he his rhythm, his blends. He started making blend tapes um, early on, and those blend tapes, everybody in Queens, Brooklyn, they was coming to get it. They lined up around the block to at the house to come get his tape when it was finished. They, he's serving niggas just like it's dope. And niggas was getting the, the tape and they, you know, he made blends. If you, Whenever I think of that, I'll think of Ashanti because that's what Irv was doing back there. Mm. He was doing blends. He was taking acapellas of all of the hottest R&B songs mm. and blending it with the hardest hip hop tracks. That joint is big now. You that's see what it, it is. TikTok and all that stuff they but got. that's what it is. But Irv did that back then and that's what made him Different, and then not only was that, he was a battle DJ. So I took Irv around battling. Mm. He was 15, 16 years old, like mm. killing everybody. Irv DJed in Club Nails, which was one of the hottest clubs in New York at the time, 16 years old. He's the DJ. Like, he couldn't even get in there because he's underage. Like, but they, I got him in there, he's DJing. And that's what made me see a side of Irv 
that was super talented, like he could do this shit. Right. And that's really what made me push it, you know. That's what made me say, man, what I got to do to get this right? And I, the, just, I just took the chance. When's the, um, when's the production company come into play? The production comes in down the road. Now we go from DJing to finding a guy named Mike Geronimo. I'm, I'm giving you kind of the quick mm-hmm. Mike, Mike G. You know what I'm saying? And Mike G, he found at a talent show. Bayside High School, which is my old school. I played football at Bayside. So he found Mike Geronimo at Bayside High School and then asked him, you ever thought about making a record? This is all Irv. See, I'm not there. Irv doing that. And he asked him to make a record, and then he made the record. Now, mind you, when he what Irv would call me for maybe would be studio costs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I wasn't, again, I'm out doing my one-two in a different way, but getting money and whatever to get it yep. to them and help them buying records, buying different uh, turntable shit. And he just, you can't, I can never try and take away the credit of his drive, which was put into him. You know what I mean? You know what's interesting too? When you have these brothers, you mm-hmm. usually have the, oftentimes these sibling rivalries, you have the jealousy, you have yeah. the hate, you have the, nah, you could be big, but you can't be bigger than me. But yeah. when I hear you talk about your brother, yeah. It's with such reverence and respect and also realizing that the whole time throughout his life, instead of being somebody that you was competing with, right. it's just so much you would, you would, I'll give you the shirt off my back. I'm going to help facilitate you. I'm no, that's you a, right. see, that's the part that he doesn't know. I would give him my last. He didn't know it's my last. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, I would lend him my car at a BMW. You know, I had all types of shit. You know what I'm saying? So this is what got me in trouble at the house with my mother. She was like, how you have all this stuff? You ain't working, this and that. And again, I never sold drugs. Mm-hmm. But I did different things with my niggas. They come and get me and we go do, pull off a caper or two. You What's know that? what I'm saying? What's that? <laughs> the, what kind of capers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, again, I'll give you the first thing was the turntables that we got. So a female, me and my man Nick. Uh, Nick was my one of my best friends right around the block. Now he wasn't no jack boy and he wasn't on that time he was a mechanic he was steal cars and shit like that and he called me up and the girl had gave him a line on the house that she knew they're supposed to have like two hundred thousand in cash we talking about back then that's like a million dollars right what now. that's like two million three million dollars <laughs> like about ten million dollars but you know back yeah. then i'm like let's go get it and mm. he was like let's do it mm. so we go to the house we go in and you know, no yeah. money. Yeah. But no some, real money. Had some turn few dollars. Well. It had equipment. And I was like, I'm not leaving with nothing. Leave and, that's the, and that's the beginning of Irv, DJ Irv. He, you know, we was talking off here about karma and, yeah. and shit like that. But God blessed us with that day. Wow. It's deep. So something negative. Something negative turned to a positive. That's why I feel indebted to help, too. Because... Something negative turned to a positive. Irv probably is going to hear about this just now. Yeah. I never told the story because I never wanted my little brother to follow in my footsteps. So wow. if I did some dirt, dumb shit, I didn't want him to do it. Yeah. And I just, I'm doing it with my niggas. And all my niggas, it's funny when you mention about bigger brother, little brother. Back then it was, oh, that's Irv, that's Chris brother. But now it's, that's Irv brother. And see, for me, that's like a badge of honor, see, because wow. I built that. I made that. Wow. 
You understand what I mean? Hell yeah. So I don't look at it in a negative light, but t- back then, I'm sure he felt maybe a way. I don't know. I never asked him. Right, right, right. Because it was always, yo, that's Chris' brother. And they made sure they took care of the nigga. They made sure he was good. Mm. Now, after all the success, oh, that's her brother. <laughs> so he gets the success early on. You guys are producing for... Uh, Mike G. Yep. And yeah. all of these different names. Yeah. You guys are getting your name up. Well, well, who were some of the people that y'all, y'all was producing for? Well, um, when he first started with Mike G, you know, the person that he dealt with, it was a, I believe it's a main source to do large professor. Mm-hmm. That's who taught him how to make beats, mm-hmm. help him program and shit. But you know, from a, a DMX to a Jay Z, you know what I'm saying? All of those was people he was dealing with. You know, Roy Flush, but Mike G. Then it was Ja Rule, Cash Money, Click, mm-hmm. which he was in a group. And I mean, it was just kind of crazy. Mm that energy at that time. And I watch it and I see energy with these young boys today. I just feel they miss a step or something. They mm. just don't follow through. Irv's follow through game is crazy. Hmm. You know, it's probably even stronger than me. And my shit is strong. So right. I'm, his shit is crazy. Irv's focus is different. You, I, you in, the, in the years you identify things that's just different. Why is it different? Because it is. You get a bandwidth of people that we meet in our lives, right? Mm. And deal with, and you see it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, when I meet Jay, you see it's different. He's not like us. As crazy as it sounds, the way he moves, acts, thinks is different. You mean and the it's first the same time with Herb. The first time you meet somebody like Jay, was, Man, it, was it like that? For them, yes. DMX, different. Ja Rule, different. How? I don't, you, it's only through a test of time you understand this. Oh, okay. In the moment, you see they're different, but you don't see the real true genius of who they are. Gotcha. Time proves it out. Yeah. Uh, it, time proves out for everybody, no matter what. You want to be the best of what you're doing here. Time is going to do it. Absolutely. You already have a knack for it. I've seen that mm. firsthand. Mm. So now how do you develop it and take it to another level is all because of your genius. You understand? And that's what puts you or separates you from the pack. So when you sit back sometimes and you like, yo, I remember these cats when they was, you know, 20 something years old. Yeah. I remember these dudes when when they was. So what kind of perspective does it give you? I know, in a sense, when you see these guys and all they've accomplished and all the things mm-hmm. that they've done, you know, what, what kind of perspective do you do you sit back from? What did, what did Kevin uh, Garnett say when he won the championship, when he grabbed that ball? Nothing's impossible. He, huh, say that. They from us. They are you. They are me. And when I say they're different, it's just their thinking. How did they develop it? I don't know. How did they get there? I don't know. It doesn't mean you can't figure it out for yourself or I can't figure it for myself or anyone else. Hmm. I feel I'm different. That's a fact. So it's like, but I didn't maybe accomplish what, let's say, Jay-Z or Irv did. They, right. They're in front of me, but I still feel I'm that different and special. So when y'all get y'all cloud up, people starting to know who y'all are. Y'all are very respected in the industry. Yeah, for sure. Y'all are running around with guys like Jay, DMX, mm-hmm. Um, ja Rule. Yeah. Just think of that era right there. Them three names. <laughs> I can't even... You like, know, even you saying it casually sounds crazy. No, you know why? You know what I love about it? Because, honestly, Irv, single-handedly, with those artists, saved East Coast rap. And people don't understand that. You know, and no disrespect to Puff. 
no disrespect to Crawford, he's different. He's one of them. He's special. Mm -hmm. But at one point in time, West Coast was smashing the East Coast. And Irv was like, what the fuck? See, this is, see, it's, <clears throat> I give so much credit to people that say they could identify something and then change it and make it happen. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's different. No disrespect to Puff, mm -hmm. but. Yeah, he's different. And what I mean is he's East Coast rap. So that's why I said no disrespect, because yeah, big. But there was a point, a moment, he's the only thing moving on the East Coast, mm. no one else. And it's all West Coast shit. And Irv was like, how the fuck? I, re I remember it like yesterday, see, we could watch the one thing together and you'll have your memory and might have mine. Oh, that's yeah. why I try to understand. That's why we they started saying that's your truth. I remember this shit like yesterday. It's in my it's scarred like in my brain. These certain memories that I have that it's like just like I'm looking at you now, it's just like that. Mm -hmm. This is one. Irv barking on Leo. How's fucking death row? And he's not shitting on them. He's saying, but how is death row? Jimmy Iovine kicking our asses. How is it Arista Records with Puffy, okay, which is not a hip-hop label, fucking up Def Jam in hip-hop? Hmm. You understand what I mean? That was the mindset. That was Irv's fucking, like, looking at niggas like, how is that happening if we're hip-hop? New York. And then he, he was in New York at that. It was personal. And... Again, with Jay, DMX, Ja Rule. You bring them to Leo. We took that, that not just bring them to him, but we took back East Coast. Mm. That became the sound of hip hop. Mm. You feel me? Mm. That's what happened. It's Absolutely. not me. This isn't my, this no, is what yeah. happened. Hell yeah. <clears throat> this isn't my <laughs> opinion. Mm -mm. Nah, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. And say what you want, Irv is behind that. What was DMX energy like back then? The dog was one of ones, man. God bless the day, God bless. man. He's one of one. One of one. I remember when Irv introduces me to him and everything, and I'm just watching. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an observer. You know the reason I, I I learned how to move in rooms. I never I never would talk much. Me me figuring out how to do this right here. That's that took a lot of work to get to this point for me. Because I never wanted to do that. I never wanted to talk to niggas, nothing. Mm -hmm. That's why the industry was very difficult. I told her he had me trying to do radio in the beginning and dealing with radio people was too bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's they politics. Fake. It's politics. And I'm not with politics. When I hear politics, it's just fake. Yeah. Right? I'm not with that shit. So I, would, I couldn't do it. And I was like, how are you doing? I don't get it. I don't know how you could fucking do it. He had a way of doing it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But really, it was... DMX was raw. Oh. I go see him. And Irv's relationship is different than mine. Right. I would pull up on X on 125th Street, see him. Before the deals, this nigga was outside for real. I'd come throw him in my car, pick him up, give him a few dollars. This is my relationship with DMX. You know what I'm saying? Give him a couple dollars, take him something to eat. Because he nigga look like he hungry. Word. On some real shit. And if anyone know him, they know that's real. Mm -hmm. But I pick him up, bring him to Yonkers, and see where he's at. And like, this nigga, man. He was really 
Nah, he wasn't playing. Yeah. I'll never forget when I first played that music, Another Day, he's asked me, what do I think? And what he's talking about is Dark. Cause he was, you know, that's his real name, yeah. he's Dark Man. Dark Man DMX X. was Dark Man, Dark Man X. So mm -hmm. his shit was dark. And I'm like, this shit It translates though, so, you can hear it, you can feel it. I know, but it's very- it's Scary. It's easy to say now because it won. But when you when you let's say an artist is doing some shit now that's not being done, you like get this nigga out of here. <laughs> it's not even about getting it out of here. You like, is people gonna fuck with it? Mm. And I told Irv, I said, nigga, that shit is hard, but is niggas gonna fuck with it? Mm -hmm. And I guess when you're hearing somebody like <clears throat> like Jay for the first time, he had more like a style, swagged out. Swag. You know, Jay pulled up when I first, one of the early times, he's one of the early niggas I seen with TVs and the headrests. And it was like coming that. to, yeah, he was like that. GS300, pulling up, system banging. Before the deal. You know, cables on, gold fronts, all of that. That's all real. That's no fake shit. Jay, that's how I met Jay. He's on December 4th, on July 4th. We used to always say we on our square, you know what mm -hmm, I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And fuck with each other from that. Again, my relationship's different than Earth. Right. You know? I'm a protector. Jay's Earth's band. That means you my little bro. Yeah. And I protected him just like that. You know, there's a time when he, when that whole shit happened with Un. Mm -hmm. I was in the club. Prem was in the club. Mm. He come in. He tuck his chain. I run over to him. What's up? We got a problem in here. Let's get... I'm like, we in here crazy. Like, mm -hmm. what's good? He's like, nah, it ain't that. So I didn't know what it was. So I leave him alone. I back up, but I'm watching the nigga. And that nigga, all of a sudden, the fights break out, and I see his Rockefeller niggas fucking up on brother. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I'm sitting there like, how come Un linked up on the walls, not doing nothing? And Jay ended up right in front of the nigga. When I first seen it, I thought he punched him. Hit him in the chest, though, the nigga fall. I'm like, God damn, Jay packing the punch, boy. <laughs> I swear my kids, that's what my, this is what, was, what I'm seeing. And in, in my head, and I run over there, and I see the nigga got that thing in his hand. I grab that shit, and I get him and throw him in my, my car with my driver, get rid of that shit, and I go back in and party. You know, that night, he calling crazy, get my number. He asking, Herb, where's Chris? Say, oh, I want, I want to thank him. And when we speak, I'm like, Jay, what are you talking about? I said, that's what I'm supposed to do, nigga. Don't yeah. act like it's something special, nigga. And he was like, man, I appreciate it, thanking me, and that was in that. I never even spoke about that no more. Again, it's, it's, it's nothing to me. It was like, just, that's like my little brother. X was like my little brother. So when I'm going there, I'm thinking, because I know how close they are to Irv, and I know Irv would lay down for them. Mm. That's no bullshit. Mm. And I told Jay that one day, I said, you know, everyone has little, beefs back and forth and there was something that went down with Irv and Jane and I remember talking to Tata and Tata telling me I fuck with you but I ain't fuck with your brother I said then you can't fuck with me don't straight, say that straight like that you know what I'm saying and he's like you know what I mean Chris you know what I mean and I was like yeah but I, I grabbed Jay and I said you know Irv's your brother you know that right I said you know he'll lay down for you like I'm telling you that because I know it it's not a guess like it's really like that. And Jay said, I know. He said, I know. I said, all right, well, then let's fix this shit and stop playing. Yeah. And they did. Yeah, I was wondering why 
Hove would still embrace Irv after after everything. There's nothing but real love. You can't front on it. You know. You can't front on the real love. And at the end of the day, they're not where they was mm. in the sense of like Jay's a billionaire now. He's in his he's got kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why for sure. Thinking about how to make the next ten billion. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Change the culture. Mm -hmm. And you know, but Jay's always been there when Irv called for him. And Irv will always be there for Jay when he called, if he needed anything. Wow. Like, it's nothing. And whether any of the uh, Rockefeller people understand that, whether, because Irv made some decisions that might have been like, why'd he do that, Jay? He ain't mm -hmm. fucking with... Man, niggas fuck up. Yeah. You know, one of Irv's biggest mistakes with Jay was Nas. Mm. You know, I fuck with Nas. Irv fuck with Nas. But at there's a time, Nas was supposed to sign the murder ain't. Mm. There's a record called The Pledge to prove it. If you, It's out, video, everything. Mm -hmm. And The Pledge is him pledging allegiance to murder ain't. And the reason that we put that record out is because Irv, before he did it, you know, Steve Stout was saying, sign Nas to murder ain't. Why don't y'all bring him over there, this and that. He's a Queens nigga, let's do it. We all fuck with each other. But I was like, we gotta talk to, to Jay, nigga. They beef. This is back when they was beefing. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I know we got it. So we called Jay, go to Baseline Studios, and tell him, Irv, tell him, I ain't gonna tell you on air what I said, because I spoke first. And But Irv say, you know, it's good business. It's mm -hmm. gonna make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. da, 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 da. And Jay looking at the nigga like, you my nigga, you wanna fuck with my enemy. Like, and I'm looking at Irv like, what are you crazy, nigga? Are you crazy? Mm. <laughs> I promise you. I'm looking at Irv like, are you out of your mind? Like, nigga, and he's sitting there, but he's he, Irv is thinking only business. Yeah. And he said, Y'all don't really got no real beef. And Jay said, You're right. He said, and the Irv turned to me and said, I told you. He's like, I told you. I said, I'm looking at Irv like, he's just saying that. You know what I'm saying? For, because he's looking at the situation like, I see who you are. Yeah. I see how you're moving. But that was like the biggest thing, man. You don't understand. Yeah, that yeah. was so big. You could understand why, though. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He got through that. But I'm just saying, that's that only, only way niggas can, two people could get through that is real genuine love for each other yeah, and right. respect. And then it's like, too, me and the dude done pieced it up. Yeah. Me and now It's even deeper because, you know, I'm giving you a quick story. I ain't going all the way in because each thing that I'm talking about, there's a lot in it. Right. But right after that, what did Jay do? He went, went on tour with 50 Cent. He did his sneaker with 50 Cent. They doing commercials with 50 Cent. And he came back to Irv and said, it's good business. No. <laughs> said I'm gonna make. A, he said we should make a lot of money. Yo, this nigga good is business. cold. Oh, Jay's cold. He said it's good business, but that's when Irv realized how bad he fucked up. You understand? When he seen that, that's how she realized. Damn, I really fucked up with that nine shit. Okay. So this Fifty Cent thing. Yeah. How much do you attribute the downfall of Murder Inc. or Ja Rule okay. to 
50 Cent. You know, I'd be ignorant to say not, it's no tribute to it. Of course, it's, we was in a competitive competition. It's a blood sport. Hip hop is a blood sport. For all you fucking rappers out there, it's a blood sport. Go ahead and keep being friends with the nigga that's smashing you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's banging you out. All this social media <laughs> shit. And again, I'm not against people being friends, but the competitive nature of the friendship was always there, let's say, with Ja J and A. They tried to kill each other. Jay and Big, listen to Brooklyn's Finest. They're going at each other in Brooklyn's mm. Finest if the people don't know. Jay is shitting on Big. Big is trying to shit back on Jay. It's competitive. Mm -hmm. They're boys. Mm -hmm. They're boys. This family, yep. but this is the competitive this nature of this sport. It's a blood sport. Yeah. So when you ask me did, how much did it hurt, and the only reason I can't fully quantify that answer is because the feds was on me. So how do I say and, and, and attribute everything to this man? I'll say this. I'm a business guy, right? I ran the business. So here, Murder, Inc., we're doing $240 million. Let's say Ja Rule was representing $90 million of that. Okay? Mm. Ashanti, Lloyd, was the rest. It. It's got a roster. Irv Gotti Presents was the rest of it. All mm -hmm. of those type shits, right? So we take away Ja Rule to zero. We I'm still, still a buck fifty, nigga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm all right. Yeah. So when people say that, it's like it's like it's deeper than that, and they don't understand what really happened. And again, I tip my hat to his success. Mm. I tell everyone all the time. Again, at the end of the day, we was the first ones to send Jimmy Iovine champagne and flowers when Fifty did a million first week. Mm. Congratulations, unbelievable job. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Jimmy, thank you, man. I couldn't believe that we sent it and said that to him. It's like, nigga, it's business, nigga. Mm -hmm. It's real. Yeah, I got one. You got one. We wasn't, and then keep it all the way 100, we was never worried about 50 until we heard, don't, don't, in the club, nigga. Yeah. When that shit hit, we knew he had a record yeah. that is going to play everywhere. Every fucking where. And when that happened, again, I never seen, I never seen, um, uh, uh, artists get flipped on like Ja Rule. Mm, by, by, the, by fans. the fans. Yeah. I mean, this nigga was the number one artist, period. Let's be real. Let's Keep be it real. all the way on honey. Yeah. And just because the artist came out with a record and said some shit, I mean, the flip was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I lived it. I walked through that fire. You saw the change. Man. I was probably sued more than anybody in the hip hop game. Why? Because, why? Because I touched niggas. Niggas tried you. Again, it was crazy. Um, and Irv would tell me, stop going out. I'm like, I can't. Because I f honestly, if I'm going to talk 100% honest, it's like, if I didn't go out, I don't think you would want my interview. I don't think you would even know when it's, I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am. Mm. Because the, that's how big of a pendulum swing it was. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's the problem. So I was going out and I'm keeping us relevant in the street, whatever, all of that and above. And mm -hmm. I went out with my niggas and again, I would give niggas the pass because I do understand they're fans. They're not, you're not part of them niggas. You never worried about Ja Rule. He's a good dude. He wrote these pop records. Never, like from a, uh, I never worried about Ja Rule from a creative standpoint. Yeah. 
he's one of the most creative people I ever met. Right. Um, he's he never gets credit for being one of the best artists in the game. Right. Uh, and the saddest part is his career was shortened. Mm. So when you ask that question with Fifty, he's definitely part of the reason for his sure. career was shortened. But I have to put a stipulation in it because Fats. Let's say Ja could have had the best record in the world to come back with, and Universal wasn't fucking with Murder Inc. So he never could get it out. Do you understand that? I do understand. So that. that's the problem. Like it's yeah. not a fair fight. Meaning, Universal owns Fifty, mm-hmm. right? They, mm-hmm. He's on Interscope, which is Universal. Mm-hmm. We're on Def Jam, or at the time Motown Fifty, mm-hmm. or whatever. Either one of them. No, we were still Def Jam. Sorry, mm-hmm. IDJ. And that's the problem. It's all under Universal. So when Fifty Rise comes up, it's business. You got to remember these these executives. These crackers is only worried about their money. You just talking about that shit. Okay, so yeah. it's business. Mm-hmm. We're doing X mm-hmm. amount of money. Here comes a new entity. If this one disappears, it just transfers over there just like that. It's just energy. And it's it's crazy. I remember you were talking. And that's how they lived and breathed. And that's how they moved with us. It's crazy because that's how they moved with us and... They cooperated with the government against us. So imagine our machine that we use to put out music. Yeah, y'all not came there. back, y'all had Lloyd, and yeah. then y'all got beat out by Music Soul Child. Yeah, that was crazy. Which That's Leo. Which obviously doesn't make sense. That's Leo. Of course. Yeah, he was over there, and we was with, uh, at the time, Sylvia Rohn. And there's ways to manipulate numbers in hip-hop, or oh, in music, oh. period. And they it's know all how to do numbers. It. It's all numbers. No, but they know how to manipulate it, yeah. meaning... They know how to buy records. They know how to do things like that to to get your numbers up high. And they they did it with fucking music. So child, they'll never sit there and say it, but the the facts is the facts. So it's all good. And this is Lloyd at the height with Lil Wayne and what number one record in the country, number one record in the country, hundreds of million audience, and it's no knock on Music Soul Child. I fuck right. with Music Soul Child, right. but he was just an R and B record. His audience was a tenth of what Lloyd's records uh, audience was, but he outsells them by a few thousand records. Come on. Okay, so. And Leo calls Irv before that, saying, you think you're gonna get the number one, don't this. be so sure, big boy. Yeah. Like knowing he's manipulating numbers. Mm-hmm. It's just like fucking elections. Mm-hmm. Pol- <laughs> they could fucking fix numbers in elections too. We should show, we jumping around a bit, but yeah. I wanna go back to, was Jawul a hothead? And and if so, how much do you attribute his hot-headedness to all of the or some of the bullshit that y'all was going through, I and was, the was, bullshit with Fifty Cent? I'm gonna say he's he's not a hothead. Okay. I laugh because I know exactly, as soon as you say that, I know what moment really is like. Right away, there's a moment in time that everyone always goes to, and that's that Pac when he was on the radio. You want Pac? I'm going to give you Pac. And he was going crazy on the radio with, I think, Angie Martinez or one of them at the time. But he's not a hothead. I could put, I challenge anyone to be in his shoes and not be, or be more considerate or less of a hothead than he was, if you understand. If I switched places with somebody and said, all right, you're Ja Rule for this time, and all of the fucking poking going on, after you're at the top of the fucking world, you'll lose it. You might have a breakdown here or there. You might have a moment of unclear, 
uh, response. It's funny. I wasn't talking <laughs> about that moment. I was more so talking about the moment when um, yeah, I was in uh, Hit Factory. Yeah, I understand. That's another moment. But yeah, and you know, Herb was sort of like, "Yo, let's leave it alone. Like, let's let's not go to Fifty Cent's room. Let's not." Go check them niggas. And John was like, you know, Irv you was trying to talk them off the fence. Me and Irv came from the office. We just came from a meeting, actually, and we were coming in the hip factory. And the whole, John got like 30, 40 niggas in the room with him. And we come in, we see someone crying on the floor. It's a girl. She's crying. We're like, fuck is this? Keep walking in. He's, he's in the middle. He's got crutches. He's on his crutches. Mm-hmm. He just fucked his leg up from this MTV shit he did on jet skis. And he's sitting there with crutches and he's going crazy with, fuck, and he sees, he sees me and Irv, got it, he's going crazy. And Irv's like, nigga, you know, like, chill out, we are gonna be all right. It's, and he's like, fuck that. And he says something, he says, you ain't riding with me. He said, nigga, you ain't riding with me. Irv looked at me, Looked at John and he took started taking his watch off. Uh, once I see him do that, I know what he's going down. We going to get this nigga. We going to find him. You go so, in that room. So again, he wasn't that he was a hothead. There's certain things I can't talk about. Okay. Um. That made him that way at that moment. Mm. But I challenged someone to be in his shoes. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, I'll say this. There was a change. I'm gonna say this. <laughs> they got snatched. Nah. Okay. I'm gonna say this. Any, if I chose, I would have rule with me in any combative fucking situation. Situation. Mm. No problem. I promise you, that nigga's a beast. So I have no problem with that nigga. Like so, when I say that, of course, that's that. Uh, in yeah. everybody, if yeah. you got that in you. Mm-hmm. There's that point that you got pushed to a limit. And that's one of the moments that he was pushed and, he, and it happened and went down. When y'all open that studio <laughs> and you seen 50 and 50 seen you. Yeah. He seen Rule first. He seen Rule. It was me, Rule, and Irv when we kicked in the door mm. to the studio room. And sure enough, he was there. We kicked in mad doors that day. So don't think we just went to the one. Right, right, right. No, nah, we ran in mad nigga sessions mm-hmm. and niggas were shook. Everybody, they seen it was going down. Mm-hmm. He was, again, he wasn't a popping artist yet. He's very small. So he's in a very little room mm-hmm. in a, a place that I didn't even know existed in the studio. None of us did. Wow. And, uh, you know, I think someone came up because he's like, prize, prize. Yeah, prize is the one who showed us, you know. He's the one who, we was literally heading back to our studio. Like, fuck it. And we run across Prize as we were walking back to our studio because we couldn't find him there. He said, oh, I know where he's at. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, God works in mysterious ways, yeah. man. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, he asked his niggas going to ride with him. It's like, of course, it's not a question. So... Whatever transpired is because we riding with you, nigga. That's it. You know, that day, again, that, that moment was crazy because I know um, niggas, niggas uh, you know, everyone wants to tell their stories. You know what I'm saying? I never cared to tell the stories. Mm. It's just that everyone always asks, so I gave it to you. I'll give it to you, but, you know, 
reality is when he, we was in the door, he came out the booth. He was in the booth. He got that smile on his face, that that smirk smile, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And he's in the room with like, I'm going to say seven, eight niggas. It's a seven or eight of them in the room. We got like 40 dudes. This is why God works in mysterious ways. Only five of us go in the room. It's me, Ish, my man Ish, Irv, Ja Rule, and then Black Child came late. Oh, you came late. He comes late. He was in the back of the 40 niggas. And he's like, why ain't niggas going inside? Mm. We tussling already. I'm fighting two niggas. Dang. You know what I'm saying? Here's something I never told niggas. 50 was snuffing the shit out of me. I'm looking at him like, I'm going to kill your ass. This is the truth. I'm fighting a nigga. He snuck me over the top. Bomb. We end up backing him right into the corner of the studio. The boy is here and he's in the back in the corner. Irv poked, poked three niggas. We paid all the lawsuits. Mm -hmm. They all got paid. He say whatever he want. Oh, we didn't put an order of protection. Bullshit. Nigga, order of protection was put on me and Irv, not Ja Rule. Couldn't come within a thousand feet of the nigga. Shit got real. It is what it is at the end of the day, but then he, he retracts it because he's a rapper. He can't have an order of protection on niggas. Mm -hmm. Not being the biggest, baddest nigga in the game. And he had it on y'all. And again, not I don't know this man. I tell everyone I don't know him. So I can't have a beef with someone I don't know. Right. I'm doing it because I'm riding with my nigga. Right. So I'm fighting a nigga, nigga snuffing me and all of that. That's what's going down. It's just fighting two niggas. Ja, how about this? <laughs> ja was on a crutch. He had metal crutches. That nigga put a hole in my back because the metal crutch had broke and it was like a little hook on it. He's swinging it and hitting me. And I'm in the middle of fighting the nigga. I take the crutch from him because he put a hole in <laughs> ah, I got a hole in my back for real, nigga, from the crutch. You know what I'm saying? And it was just what it was. We was going in there. And then Black came in. The lights went out. More poking. And he always talks like he wasn't, you know, what's crazy is God blessed him to get out of there because yeah. it could have really got worse. Hell yeah. And I know I seen uh, or heard, I didn't see it. I heard Yayo say, uh, he didn't say, if we had guns or something. The first word out of his mouth was like, pass me my gun. 50. Said that. Yeah. I hit him. Boom. And they go down and then that's when everything jumps off. You know what I'm saying? Niggas jump up out of their shit and we going. And that, but I'm not gonna let a nigga pull a gun out. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whether he had one or not, I don't fucking know. I'm just saying what was that's what was said. You know, I'm not trying to find out either. Hell no. But you know, when the lights went out, niggas got poked up, then everyone was like, the police is on their way. And Let's we get I go outside, I look like you ever see there's a movie, I know you ain't see it, it's an old movie. It's called Carrie. Go look at the cover of Carrie. It's a white. White woman, she's got blood all over her. That was me. Because while we was in there, the, the, he, he threw a speaker. Or the speaker stand, actually. He threw a speaker. Boom, I got hit because the lights is out. Then the stand hit me in my head, bust my head. I had to get stitches. But I was leaking. And when I come outside, it's funny. I, I laugh at all kinds of dumb shit. I was like, yo, I'm looking at my brother and, 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 and our niggas, and I, they was like, yo, they, like looking at me because they see all the blood. Or, like, you all right? I said, I'm killing this. 
yeah. It's crazy you can laugh about it now, but I at that laugh time. About it. You know, I, I could tell the full story when yeah. we, our engineer, Buck, was our engineer. Yeah. I took him from Unique Studios. First time he's engineering for us. First day. Mm-hmm. I hired him to be personal for Murder Inc. The amount of guns I gave that nigga to hold because I didn't want to bring him into the studio. Mm. You understand? This is what I mean. God is, I couldn't be here. That's a fact. We was just going to beat the nigga up and then, you know what I'm saying? But when you got that many people, a fight could easily turn into something different. But because these niggas didn't come inside, that changed, that made it go away. It did. Well, Again, it, and at the well, end of the day. history. Mm-hmm. Right? It changes history in hip hop. It changed hip hop history yeah. from those people not walking inside of that studio yes. that day. That's why I said God is, works in mysterious ways, man. I'm blessed because whatever it is, my guardian angel or whatever you want to call it, they protected these, not from violence, mm-hmm. from doing something that would change our life forever. I heard Irv say one day he, he doesn't think uh, 50 has a guardian angel. He thinks he's being protected by the devil. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know I, you'd have to ask Irv. Yeah, no, I, just, I have no that was just some funny. I keep it all the way 100. Yeah. I ain't got no problem with that nigga. That's right. on everything. Like, that was a moment in time. If he was to walk in, unless he won a problem, then it's a problem. But they said it was the time y'all was playing basketball. <laughs> That's the first day I actually met him. Uh, DJ Clue invited me to Chelsea Pairs. Clue, you never say nothing about this shit. You a Queens nigga too, homie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. First day. I don't know who he looked like. Mm-hmm. He just made little disc records at the time. I don't fucking know. I'm just playing ball. But I keep hearing someone talking. And I'm like, so I grabbed the ball. Like, my man, do I know you? You yeah, got a problem up? with yeah. me? And, 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 and the nigga... He's got that smirk again, and I think it was Bangham Smurf when he was with Smurf. Mm-hmm. Come run over. He said, nah, Fifth, come on. It's all good. It's all good. Chill out, yo. And I was like, oh, this must be that nigga. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a confrontational nigga. Like, if that's what it is, let's do it. He gets this. He get, 50 has a reputation for being, you know, like that. I've never being, seen it. Yeah. Have you? No, don't ask me. I don't know him personally. No, 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 no. You said a reputation. Reputation. What have you seen? I know he talks his thing and he do. Stay he's up very kid, good to me. You know this whole. Again, I know you going in it, and I'm. A, I don't. I'll give you my opinion of it. Like I said, I have nothing with that man at all, at all. Mm-hmm. End of the day, he's very witty. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nigga made records. Yes, he did. Big records. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's doing great business. Right. Right? The flip side, what's the negative size? I don't see one nigga with him that he grew up with. See, these things tell a story to a person like me. Absolutely. So if a nigga's really watching and paying attention, I don't have to say nothing. Right? When you ask, I'm like, I don't really like talk about a nigga. I'm not no bitch. For sure. Like, that's bitch shit talking, that chitter chatter shit. Like, mm-hmm. but a, a person should be able to analyze the character of a man based on what you see. He's a celebrity. He ain't. He ain't in the shadows. Yeah. That nigga's in the front. Yeah. You know. You know, I'm friends with Floyd. Managed him. M- Mayweather. You, ma- you managed him? No, I didn't manage him. I was with, with Jay Prince. I worked with him early on. With oh, Jay, Jay Prince. Prince. Okay. Through Jay Prince. Through Jay Prince. End of the day, Floyd, you know, get, befriends this nigga, which is all good. I but remember. look how he treated that man. For what reason would you do that? 
I don't understand it. None of my business, but that tells me the character of a person. Yeah. You know, when I see, even when, when, when Yayo was talking about, you know, I seen, uh, not Yayo, I seen uh, Jada Kiss and uh, Nori mm -hmm. talking about how loyal Yayo is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, my niggas, y'all didn't see when he was shitting on 50 before? Like, didn't that happen? Am I the only one bugging? I, that, and again, and I don't care. It's like, hmm. but it's like, it's for whatever reason, it always seems like it doesn't come out real. Hmm. The truth never comes out right from that side when it comes out and people believe it. And I'm not trying to fight it. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I have no care. I promise you. I only talk because you were bringing it up, but I have no care about none of that shit. I'm blessed. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm up. You know what I'm saying? I got my family. I got my friends. My kids, everything, that's it. Nigga, money means nothing to me. I'm going to get money all the time. Yeah. It's about really living my life and, yeah. and how I deal with people and treat people. And when I say that, his history shows a different person. So if I, that's my belief. Yeah. When I see opposite in someone, it doesn't ring like that's real to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course. That's of a high character. Of course. You know what I'm saying? I seen, you know what I seen with him? Niggas fear him. Yeah. The industry niggas, they fear the nigga. And I'm like, but I ain't never see the nigga do something crazy to somebody. The industry is also not full of street you niggas. Know? Even when he, you know, slow, slow bucks. Okay, yeah. He sent them niggas on slow. Yeah. While he on stage. He's that nigga. See, that's the nigga he is. That's that sneaky shit. Mm. Now I come in your crib, nigga, tie you up. That's different. Mm. <laughs> mm. Very different. You know what I'm saying? And that's different. Yeah. I'm really from that club. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I don't like to promote that. That's not what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And right now, you know, I'm fucking done. I'm 55, nigga. I'm good. <laughs> God bless. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. I never thought I'd make 25. Hell yeah. That's a that's a, a a fact, a Fendi fact. Mm -hmm. I never thought I'd make 25, so it's all blessings for me. And I'm like, and I everyone I dealt with, I dealt with respect, even on beef. If that makes sense. Of course. There's lines and lines yeah, of how you handle things. things. Yeah. So something like when he got Jimmy, Jimmy Henchman's son, that doesn't you crossing lines that shouldn't be crossed. To me, that's not the way it is, unless if life is lost, and niggas, there'll be other niggas that say, fuck that, beef is beef. Wait, Henchman got slapped, you mean? Whatever it is, you can't touch families. That's not, he has nothing to do with it, unless he's active. Yeah. If he was active, then it's cool. all fair and game. Can't do that to that man's son. That's not cool. It's different. You know, his relationship with his own. These are the stories that get told. I'm not one. It's out there. Just niggas look at it. Don't ask me that shit. Copy. I have no problem with him. I swear on my kids. I means nothing. Hmm. Everything I did was for my brother or, or Ja Rule. That's it. Hmm. Simple. You know what I'm saying? Were you around for Floyd Mayweather's early career, right? Yeah. When he was pretty boy. Pretty boy Floyd. Yeah. Talk to me Shout about out Floyd. What up, nigga? Talk to me about his work work ethic oh. that you was able to um, notice. And was it of that he's different? He's just different. Kind of Again, he's one of them guys that one are different. Ones, his yeah. work ethic was unmatched. He would go out, he would go out all night, party, and then go to work out right after the club. <laughs> but he didn't drink. Yeah, See, okay, I watch yeah, all these did. other fighters, they getting drunk and yep. they want to act like they want to be Floyd. You could never be that man if you out doing these things. He lived a different life. That nigga was hard work, dedication, dedication. hard work, dedication. dedication. He didn't just say that he lived it. Hmm. 
He lived it. And I, I give him, I give that man so much credit because, again, that's that boxing. I was in boxing, that sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I managed, you know what I'm saying, fighters and everything. And that's a blood sport. Mm-hmm. That is, and there's no help. When you're in the ring, mm-hmm. your life's on the line. Warriors. And there's no help. Skies are warriors. You got to do it yourself. Okay. Talk to me about Supreme. Supreme McGriff, mm. the legendary. Kenneth Supreme McGriff. Kenneth Supreme McGriff. <laughs> um, That's the big homie. You said to me, well, I, before off air when we spoke, yeah. I said, did you regret meeting Supreme? For, for people that don't know, <laughs> you guys, Case, um, our trial, yeah, was your really, trial, your Fed really trial, all based around him. was all based around the Feds trying to get Supreme and locking him up. Well, they wanted us to tell on him. They wanted you to tell. And him. they, you know, when you in hindsight, when you look at what they did, they thought they picked two guys that's running this rap label, generating hundreds of millions of dollars. Perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And here's a guy named Kim Supreme Griff, the one that got away. Because he got out, he overturned his case, he did 12 years and overturned his case, comes home. 95. And I'm not sure, I'm bad with timelines, with dates and numbers, like dates like that. Like, but he comes home and they was like, all his friends and cohorts is either dead or in jail. He's not getting away. And they come to my crib when we was under all of that shit going through trial defense and come to my crib and tell me that verbatim, like, he's not getting away. You're going to be right next to him. And all kind of crazy shit. And they was like, he got caught with a gun. How good? What kind of guy is this? He got caught with a gun. I said, do you know niggas tried to kill him three times? I said, maybe I would carry a gun too if niggas tried to kill me. Broad daylight. Multiple times. You know what I'm saying? Feds, the feds followed you for three and a half years. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere you went. Everywhere. It's crazy. I'm, I was, I'll sit there now. I don't want to act like I did something special. I was ignorant. <laughs> How about that? I was, we, first of all, the three and a half years was while we're under investigation. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could be, like I had to worry about something. I didn't know I had to pay for lawyers. I found out quickly, but like I'm under investigation, I'm not charged with no crime. So and I'm not thinking there's anything yeah. wrong. I'm just living my life normally. But they was all over me. Like I said, they literally, there was a point they would come to my crib every day. Seven in the morning, eight in the morning. Open the door. It got to a point I would just let them in and go back to bed, and let them sit in my living room. And I wake up, they still sitting there. Doing what? Just waiting for me to. It's all. It's all. It's all head games. It's like calculated shit. It's business. Like, just think everything is business. If you could relate to business, you yeah. could start understanding. So what's the Fed's business? Aside from locking up, is building cases and things of that nature. How do they approach it? Very strategic. They're getting under your skin. Yeah. They're annoying. You want to make a mistake. Their 98% conviction is because niggas tell on themselves or oh, they plea. cop out. Why are you still, din- why are you still friends my, my with Freedom at this point? Who? Why we? Yeah. If you see Because that man all didn't the- do nothing but help. Mm. Loyal. Loyalty. Like niggas always thought, uh, they said, for, niggas would say, Extortion. Okay. okay, I'm still breathing. You can't extort me. It's impossible. That's not a. That's not an idea. You know, I fuck with Jimmy Henchman. Jimmy Henchman used to press Ir- to come talk to Irv. 
and in the beginning days of my dealing with Jimmy, this is how we actually got cool. I would tell Jimmy, get your gun and let's go in the parking lot and figure it out. I want to talk to Irv. I said, I am Irv. Talk to me. Mm -hmm. Fuck that. You ain't Irv. Nigga, get your gun and let's go in the parking lot and we'll figure it out. Shut up to Jimmy. I swear on my kids. It's, that's what I was dealing with. Hmm. It was like, that, you're dealing with animals like savages that's volatile. How else can predators only respect predators? Like they only respect the violence or, or strength, you know? Um, and again, and me and Jimmy got like this, wow. you know, again, I don't know the extent of where, what he's dealing with now, but that's none of my business, mm -hmm. you know, but we got cool because yeah. of that. And he seen that I wasn't backing down again, cause his probably perception was pre-music starting. So I could lean on niggas. They're going to do yep, what I need. Yep, yep. You know, all of them, I dealt with all of them in that fashion. But Supreme sort of gave you guys that street credibility, would you say? I can't deny he absolutely helped with street cred, right? That's absolutely yes. But what he did more than, you know, that part, because street cred is what? What is that worth when you leave the city? He had helped us navigate through all of these, what I call vultures or you know, these orangutans that's running around in the streets. Because they, they don't realize Supreme didn't have money. When, there's a reason when, there's a zoo. When, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't realize Supreme didn't have money by the time you guys were uh, dealing with Who it. Who didn't realize? The feds? That's feds. ignorant to say that. The so feds the, know everything. So the feds... They, the feds know you're doing this podcast right fucking now. Let's keep it 100. Yeah. So they know everything. They know They know. The, they know the... Again, my family and the cloth I'm cut from, mm. they knew all of this shit. Mm -hmm. They they picked, they just happened to pick us thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Thinking they're gonna get us to turn on Supreme and and they got what they need to lock them up. And it was proof in the deals they offered us. We're facing 20 years. The first offer was one year. Irv go one year, yep. then me. Yep. Second offer, six months. You go six months, then Irv goes. They're breaking. What they was doing was breaking federal guidelines. My lawyer was like, Jerry Shargell was like, they never do this. This is unprecedented right. in the history of fucking the federal system. Right. The last offer, no jail time, just probation, five years. Why didn't, so, you, why didn't you take it? Because they, in order to get it, you got to give something up. So I would have to tell on Prem whether it's true or not. They just want a story. Mm. You know, they don't care who's on the stand telling. They don't care if it's real or not. Will it stick? Me and Irv telling a story on Prem is going to stick. You, and I told my lawyer when they came with that offer, my exact words was, tell the motherfuckers set the date. Like, give us a trial date until we get to this shit. That's not even And my lawyer says to me, because the prosecutors are right there. They hear it. I'm speaking to my lawyer, but I know they're listening. I say, send them fuckers to set the date and stop playing. And they was like, ooh, like, you, you're disrespecting that offer? And Jerry says to me, Chris, give me one second. Let me get five minutes with my client. <laughs> Let me talk him off the ledge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jerry's a lawyer that will not represent someone that tells. He never did in his history. He's one of those lawyers. He's, I heard. He, he was he was the real Gotti, John Gotti's attorney. They threw him off John Gotti's cases. No relation. No. Okay. 
I'm not Italian. My father's Trinidadian Filipino. My mother's black. Oh shit. Um. Oh. So yeah, he takes me outside. And he he explains to me as carefully as he could to tell me he cannot convince twelve people, no matter how innocent we are, of being not guilty in a federal system that is corrupt and not fair. This is a Jewish man, okay, telling me this. And I said, Jerry, if if it means me sitting in jail to fight from the inside out to get back out, and that's what God has for me, then I'm with it. Damn. And I said, then that is nervous, like, let's do it. This ain't this is so unheard of this day and age. Yeah. This day and age. There, there is not a label, mate, nah. label, people that we- I don't even com- compare to nobody. I don't want to. I don't I don't look at I just, you know, people do what they do. Yeah. For whatever their reasons are. Right, right. I'm, and I'm not gonna sit and hold yeah. judgment on them. I just really I leave it alone and I'm a very spiritual dude, man. Respect, it's like, respect that. Like when I say my guardian angel, someone was watching over because yeah. you know what's that expression? Um God protect children and fools. Yeah, fools and I'm Yeah, well I'm not a baby. <laughs> so I'm not a kid, so it's like he was really protecting me. Someone up there was protecting me. You beat the feds. Yeah. But do you really beat the feds? course and what since what didn't which in which way we didn't we're here i say that because what did you leave with no they took I'm everything sure, i'm sure people you know, turn their back on you everything i'm sure people say oh we ain't fucking with them no more you spent 10 million dollars in lawyer fees and 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 all of this stuff 14 14 million yeah over 14 it was like crazy man stupid you paying everybody's lawyer fees everybody My on brother, your team i ran out of money i'm again i'm transparent niggas yeah. ask me i tell the truth i ran out of fucking money irv made a lot more money than i made yeah he helped me and got me through it it's no problem but nigga again you see look did you really beat the feds again i'm here yeah yeah i'm here guess what I'm going to get it back and more. Say that. It's happened already. It's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. You know, we sold our magic 300. That's no bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's a thousand percent. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's one. But we coming for more. It's not over. It's not over. And that's the key. It's like, it's not over. It's like, so, you know, I've, I studied like Steve Jobs and shit like that. And he wrote a letter when he was on his deathbed and it puts life in perspective about money. Here's one of the richest niggas in the game. He's like, I can't save me now. Nope. It's over. Wow. Yeah. He's writing this. Nope. All of the money in the world can't he said, bring my I'd health. I'd give it all away if I could get it. My health. What else would you give it for? Your freedom. I like that. I like that. So That's it's like shit. at the end of the day, when you say, what did you really win? I, first of all, I, I won multiple things. They took the money. Mm-hmm. But what did Bob Marley say? If that's all you got, are you rich? You ain't rich. Said, What's rich? He said, that's you know what I'm that was, That's richness. That's richness. What do you mean to you? What richness mean to you? you? Know? My so, richness is life. Yeah. yeah. It, he's not wrong. No. If you only have money, that's nothing. Like money, we could get it. Yeah. It's, it's attainable. It's Today, so, it's attainable for everybody. Some people are so poor, all they have is money. That's all they have. That's another one. But it's real. It's like, it's so real. And when you live something, you understand it. If you never get to live something, you don't get it yet. Because yeah. you really put so much value on that dollar. And 
The dollar is evil, man. When you get down to it, mm. dollar is vicious. Niggas die in the hood every day over that dollar. You know what I'm saying? So let's keep it. If you want to talk money, just put it in perspective. I like to put life in perspective. So freedom, you mentioned it. I said we. They took money. They took our uh, company. So think they took a nine-figure business from my family. That's what they did. That's how I look at it. Credibility. But what do we have? Credibility. Our word is everything. Mm-hmm. Integrity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Anyone that deals with me knows who I am now. I tell all these executives, most of these white executives we deal with, um, been through some type of federal charge from the SEC. SEC. You know, the, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. white collar crime shit. Yeah. They all cop out. They all tell. Of course. First thing they do. So when they look at me, I, I sit back. It's a badge of honor, not shame. And I say, I know who I am. You know who I am. I don't know who you are. So don't ever question me when I talk my shit because my shit's right here. It's right there. It's official. You can see it. Yeah. Um, and that to me holds a lot of weight. It does. And executives that been through things really, really value what I when I say that because they understand it. What's something that you would tell your younger self? Something I would tell who? Your younger self. Ooh, man. <laughs> uh, so many, so many things. Like if you go back to change, you know, for me, I tell you, I'm a gambler. Oh, okay. Big gambler. Mm-hmm. I don't have vices. I don't smoke, drink. Mm-hmm. If I if I drink, it's social. Mm-hmm. Never smoke, no drugs, or none of that shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm all natural. The vice I have is gambling. Mm-hmm. We all have some type of vice, right? Of course, everybody. Like vice gambling, I wouldn't I wouldn't be as big as a gambler as I. If I could tell my younger self, I would stay away from it. What would your younger self say back to you? Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> Nigga, we gonna come up. <laughs> so w- when we when we when we see people like Kanye West <laughs> get hit with the anti-Semitic and you know because he called out, he called out all the, uh, the 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 Jewish execs and the the, the Jewish people that you know essentially run so, the industry. Mm-hmm. You firsthand could say how you have seen. Maybe some of this stuff transpired, especially with like a Leo Cohen of the world. And um, see, Kanye is Kanye. Yes, I love Kanye. Mm-hmm. Let me say that right, clear, no hesitation. I love Kanye. I know that man. He's a genius. He's one of the leaders in this culture, for sure. And again, you have to understand what he's saying in all of the, let's say, the the boundaries that's been placed in business, in all of these different areas, and let's say in fashion, in music, and the stronghold. Again, it's not like he's lying that these the Jews, these Jewish men, you know, they have a stronghold on these industries. Mm-hmm. So, again, I don't want to act like he's saying. Uh, like I'm not versed enough to talk on all his uh, comments he made and what he said exactly. That's not my point. I have tons of different uh, Jewish 
mentors. Mm -hmm. I just came from Poland to experience the Holocaust in Poland. We did a walk, the whole thing, Meek Mills was out there. Like Diddy was supposed to come, there was other artists that were supposed to come, they didn't come. And it's really to help bridge the gap with this anti-Semitism mm. with hip hop or mm. with our culture. Mm -hmm. And I had a sit down with the foundation um, in order to get to go out there because they didn't know who I was, mm -hmm. right? I'm a protector of this culture, period, of hip hop culture, black people. I'm always going to represent us to the highest level. Mm. And that's the bottom line. So one of the things I had said to them when you bring this up, I said, really, the, the reason I could, they could even spill the anti-Semitism stuff on certain things, again, that from what I understand, not all the things that I don't know all the rants that he might have said. So I'm not, I'm not uh, talking pers personally on Kanye in this situation. But with that said, like all of these different things, they don't understand us. You know, there's a record, there's a record, um, I forget which one right now, man, and he says, we stack chip like Hebrews, I think it's the locks, mm -hmm. right? And they, you know, you can't find that no more. They they blurted that out. And I'm sitting there saying, see, it's like, if if you're a Jewish person, we're only bigging you up in that. Yeah. Maybe they don't understand that. It's now They're not like, talking oh. anything negative about you. And I think that's the difference. And I, I'm a big believer for us is in our black culture, we, we could sit and say nigga all day to each other. And then we can't say nothing else, right? It's like, meaning like any slurs, mm -hmm. but they get away with things that we can't. And I'm like, that's the communication that's not there. We need to communicate so it's fully understood. When I was in Poland, I meet this director um, man, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name, man. I'm sorry right now, but he's a big director. He's done big movies and everything. And we're sitting, he's young, but he's of the culture. See, if I had the money, right, I would create a foundation. I, I'm going to do it. It's just time. And I'm going to raise the money I'm going to take is I'm going to take all these inner city kids from the hoods in New York and all over the country and travel overseas. Because we don't understand their culture just like they don't understand ours. We never leave the blood. And to me, that's the biggest problem of why you hear, uh, let's say, hate, all these hate for Jews or the Asians. And I'm like, nah, you, the, the amount of things that you're talking about is so small. It's so small. I always deal in business, the large side of numbers. Mm -hmm. The majority of, uh, of the things that we're talking about, there is no hate. Hip hop is the reason for that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, I let me. I want to go into that one because hip hop, we're in every country. So no matter what nationality you are, you're fucking with my culture. No matter what language you're speaking, you're fucking with my culture. And guess what hip hop did? We embrace it. Just think MTV, right? Hottest artist in America today, Bad Bunny. MTV stamps. That's huge. This is a Latin, a Latino in America, a non-Spanish speaking country, and he's number one. And guess what we do? Hip hop as a culture, we embrace it. See, hip hop embraced everything, white, black, Chinese. It doesn't fucking matter. Mm -hmm. So when they talk to us and say we're anti something, I, I fight back because Kanye can't be because he's from hip hop. 
He's just stating things that he sees that is affecting his business mm -hmm. and his personal. And he's saying that the Jews control this. And technically they do. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know why they act like they don't or don't want to act like they do. It's all right. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. But the communication lines is blurred. And I don't, you know, those are deep conversations that has to be have, had. And uh, I would love to be one of the people to talk with. You know, in my family, I got a Jewish brother-in-law. Okay. My sister married uh, a guy named David Raven. I understand. Yeah. You understand? I understand that culture. That, and he's, again, a great guy. It's he's just, we're yeah. human beings, man. That's at the end of the day, that's the truth. We're human beings. And when you, it's, again, culturally, they don't act like we do, but that's fine. Because, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I got to ask you, and thank you for sharing that, because I think that's a side that no one speaks on yeah. right it's always it's always the miscommunication that we hear we never really hear the communication of course so the fact that you effectively communicated that is very important um but what i wanted to say was if you never had met supreme mcgriff hmm. what about it if i never had met the day he wanted to come over and first shoot day the, he met my brother, he the, asked him, "Can he shoot a movie?" The movie script, right? Yeah. Let's say he, let's say Irv just said, "Fuck off," and y'all never spoke to him again. Where would you, where would you be right now? I don't know. Yeah, that's a great question, but how can I answer that? It's like I don't know what would have happened. I, guess I tell I you, that. I know what he added. The value he added was again, people. The, uh, uh, he had relationships that helped us navigate through a lot of problems. Right. So who knows where those problems could have escalated to, right? Well, without, I asked without that, his assistance. I asked that because I wanted to know if there was any regret. I wanted to know if you regretted maybe nurturing a relationship with somebody. Uh, I'm going to give you that answer. That's an easy answer for me. Um, there is no regret. And here's the reason why. I always, I always did what's right. So the minute I have a regret, that means I had to do something different, which would have been wrong in order to have a different result. So I did what was right. Me fucking with Prem was right. It was nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. It was all based on good shit. It wasn't based on no fuckery. So at the end of the day, how do you take away that? If they, you know what I mean? You can't without changing to something that's negative, Everything, if everything was positive. And everything was positive. It just didn't come out with a positive result, right? From the trial to him being incarcerated, you know, those things led to negativity. But really, you asked me about karma. Maybe that's his karma too, right? And I can't... Karma's going to get... That debt's going to get paid regardless. Someone's going to got to pay that debt. So maybe that's part of his karma. I don't know. You know, he has a he has a history. I wouldn't sit here and act like he doesn't. He does. The reality is when I met him, when my brother met him, he wasn't that person no more. What is what has traumatized you the most in your fifty five years of living? <laughs> my mind is stupid, don't mind me. I, I I was just thinking of something, but I would never say it on air, but I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah. But trauma what traumatized me the most? Shit. In music or in life? Life. 
me losing my pops. That's the most, uh, that was the hardest thing I had to deal with. You know, I think about him, I talk to him every day, every day. You know, it's funny, he died during COVID and <laughs> he, di he passed during COVID and um, it was just crazy because I was in Vegas and I was, I spoke to him the morning of, and he told me he was tired. I said, well, don't get too tired. I'm coming back. I want to see you before, I, you know what I'm saying? I want to see you. And he was dealing with cancer. And um, by the time I got to the airport, cause I, I, I set the flight and I'm rushing to the airport. I get the call from my sister, he passed. And uh, that's like my hardest. That was that trauma of not getting to say goodbye. You know, he was dealing with a lot for like three years, of dealing with cancer, and you know, just the the chemo and all of those things, the radiation. I mean, strongest man I know was my pop, and uh, he was a shell of himself. You know what I'm saying? And it's like you watch that. You, I physically got to have to deal with and watch with it. I, before I went to Vegas, I was picking him up, helping him walk, wiping his ass, the whole thing, like every part of it. Like he had to have a diaper now, and I'm changing his diaper. He didn't want. He got eight kids, but he didn't want me to do it. He wanted my mother to do it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he was like, no, no. I was like, nigga, she can't. She's too weak. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's older than you. Like, mm -hmm. fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But that was probably the most, for me, um, the feds and everything, I, I took it with grace, I promise you. I was out every night. And I'm not trying to act like I wasn't paying attention, but I couldn't sit home in a fucking room thinking about it. I went crazy. So I never let it get to me in a sense. And I just knew God had something planned for me different than sitting in jail over something I didn't do. How about that? That's the crazy part. How about that? Hold on, it's even deeper. We was charged with two charges. It was it was over 20 charges. At first, my lawyers got rid of all the other charges. It was down to two. Conspiracy. Money laundering and conspiracy to money laundering. But how can I money laundering money that's not mine? No one ever asked that question. Everything I did was for my brother. So when people say, I, you know, that expression, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I did everything for, I'm, I'm facing 20 years of my life for all his decisions, all his money. I can't let you go. And I don't have a problem with that. That's not a regret. No. The, re the regret was I didn't get to see my pops that last time before yeah. and just say bye. Yeah. And we was ready. I understood. Like yeah, we yeah. had those conversations. You still don't. You still not prepared for it. It's not. It's no. It's different. It was prepared. I just wanted to talk to him for that last time. Uh, I knew you. it was. We all know we're gonna pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. A, I'm not young. Where I'm not realizing life. Yeah. He's dealing with. He's fighting it. And when he called to tell me, tired. I'm tired. I know what that means. I'm rushing to get home to just say bye. It's too late. Yeah, and I didn't get there. And that's like, it's not a, it's, again, it's not a regret, but it's something that I definitely, I feel. Yeah. 2019, I lost my dad. Oh, man. He lost your dad in 2020, so it was yeah. like next How old? Year. See, my dad was 86. Oh, yeah, my dad was 65, 65. So he was young. He smoking. So, people, I lose my pops. I get home. 
I get to New York, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, my, I go see my mom, mm -hmm. and she grabbed me, and she crying, and she say, I'm going with her. Mm. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, she's going to kill herself. Mm. They had a pack. You go, I go. She, to this day, we make we got to watch to make sure she ain't doing nothing crazy. Because she's like, she said, she told me, she's like, I feel wrong that I'm not, I'm still here. I'm not supposed to be here. We had a deal. No. When she got sick one time, she had to get a gallbladder taken out. He told me and her, he pulled me and her to the side. He said, if she don't get out of here, she said, if, in that in that casket, put me right in on top. And they had a deal, man. It's crazy. This shit is deep. Yo. You ain't gonna get me, Roy. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Hey, man, I gotta ask you about yeah. um, Irvin Ashanti. They're like the most viral, you know. That stuff is like the most viral uh, thing right now. Some good water, huh? High quality H2O. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what, what, what? Go ahead. What do you want to ask? They had a this. I guess he has this. What's real, the question you have? This to real ask? love that he has for her. Or I want to challenge you. I want to ask you questions in return. But go ahead. Okay, that's fine. So this real love that Irv had for Ashanti. Do you think he ever got over it? Obviously, uh, it's it's deep rooted. Yeah. Um, matters of the heart is yeah. It's matters of the heart. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing you could do about that. You around yeah. for this time period? I'm their therapist. Let that sink in. Both. I was be going to Ashanti's hotel, Irv's hotel. What he say? What she say? What he say? What she say? I was in the middle. I tell Ashanti to this day, she owes me money for all this times oh. on my couch <laughs> for going to her, you know, mm. the, her psychiatrist. I was they shrink, you know, and she had all these questions and, you know, Shanti's that's little, that's my girl. Like I fuck with Shanti. Irv has a relationship, so there's a difference in one question. When I said, I'm gonna ask you a question. Where's your ex? Where you have an ex? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. You fucking cool with him? No. Okay. What's the difference? It's just they fucking made hit records and they was in the eye of the public. Mm -hmm. And Irv, as a man, to me, he does something. He did something that most men don't do. Mm. He speaks about it. Mm. The last rant he had on Dream Champs, and I told, again, if you listen to it and everyone went crazy about it, I said, he didn't say nothing wrong. He mentioned bitch. We talk like that. This hip-hop. But he doesn't mean bitch like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I promise you, that's not what he's, he did it. But he said bitch and Ja checked him and he fixed it or whatever. And But the reality is, <laughs> he poured his heart out. Whether you want to accept it or not, he's hurt over her. In his opinion, true or not true, her lack of loyalty to him for what he did for her. You know what I'm saying? His justifying what he did for her and his love for her and he feels it wasn't 
handled properly on her end. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't figure it out. Um, I understand it. I understand what he hates is I understand her. Right? And that's the facts. But I'm in the middle. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the middle and it's crazy. I just, like I said, I always, Ashanti's Ashanti always for me. Like, that's my girl. She's, you know, I used to go pick her up, give her the music, tell her Irv heard her records and he never heard a fucking record. <laughs> like, hey, you know, maybe it never happens if I don't do that shit. I put her on Big Pun Records with Fat Joe, needed someone on it. I grabbed her and put her on. And then I asked Fat Joe to call Irv and say, our R&B artist is fire. Irv said, what R&B artist? <laughs> what are you talking about? Ashanti. And then after jo Joe did that, Irv was like, bring her, to this, bring her in, let me hear her. But I was bringing her up there, they would sit on the couch. And, you know what I'm saying? And her mother, uh, Linda, which is her co-manager at the time, and her just sit on the couch and be like, did he hear my records? And Irv's in the other room. Oh, yeah, he heard it. He liked him. Did he like him? Oh, yeah, he liked him. You know, we got to just keep making more. We're going to get there. He's busy with job, this and that. And she's just sitting there like like a kid on Christmas waiting for that to see her gifts or something. You know what I mean? And she ends up breaking his heart. Did she break Irv's heart? I feel he, you know, again, he. Irv, I will say this. Irv really loved Ashanti. Whether she believes it or not. This is, the, this is my little brother confiding mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And he he says it, mm -hmm. but people don't be acting like they hear him. <laughs> he really loved Ashanti, yo. But here's the problem, what I told him. <laughs> I said, but you got caught multiple times with bitches fucking how much, you know what I'm saying? See when I'll he, do it. So, but, but when he made her into a star, she becomes this star. You know, he guided her career to become, make her a star. Because all those records she hated. How about that? So imagine if we didn't fucking put some records out, maybe she never becomes a Shanti. So, and he would be like, fuck that. Irv's aggressive, he's not playing. And to her credit, she listened. Mm. She allowed it, she didn't mm. fight it. Mm. And it worked. And. You asked me, did he love her? He loved her. He loved her, and he also loved what he created. Because that's not the same girl from 28 Burn Street that she, that's not the same person. He loved what he created. Irv, okay, I'll give another nickname. That's Dr. Frankenstein. He makes monsters. Mm -hmm. That's what he makes. Mm -hmm. That nigga's a beast. He is. He's, he, he makes monsters, man. Before you get out of here. What was one record that you heard in the studio before it came out? So many. And you man. knew so this many. was the one. So many. And it ended up going crazy. And what's so one many, record man. that you heard that you didn't like that, and it ended up going crazy? I don't have that story. Okay. I have the I, the records. Man, so many. And it was like they was... All of them was like they was made already. Wow. Does that make sense? Of like, course. Like, it was like the words just automatically filled in naturally, like, like the to the beat, and it yeah. just fit. And it's like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. 
And again, it's both both John and Shanti's story. One of my favorite Ashanti records, all time favorite, um, created the way it was created, is Baby Baby Baby. And if I had the video footage to show the world, they would understand Irv's genius, because he made her sing off key, out of key, and with feel with a certain feeling to make that record, and she hated it. And it was baby, baby. And he was like, you know, that's from Scarface. Mary, 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 Mary. And it's about, you know, getting high. He's like, you never got high. That's why you don't know how you're supposed to feel. You know how you're supposed to sound. And Mary he's like, you're talking to about a man that you love that you're drugged out on him. You're talking about me. No, that's what I mean. <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this stuff is crazy. But you understand. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Roy, you ain't gonna make me cry, Roy. <laughs> Yo, this is Trapping Anonymous. My name is Chris Styles. Let's get it. Man. Hey, kid, tell me shit about you, man. Thank you, brother. But he, I promise you, we had the video footage. He went in the booth and sang it for her. Like, do it like this. And he's singing it like he's drugged out on this, on, on, Mary on, Jane. on this dude. Like, yeah. like he's in love. Like. Mm -hmm. You gotta sing it like that. And she said, but I'm out of key. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Keep going. That it was, you know, the only other person record. in the room besides me was Buck, the engineer. He could tell you. God damn. But if we had that footage, oh my God. That's that legendary be, shit. That man. would be fucking legendary. That's legendary. Another shit. record that was crazy. There's a there's a bunch on Jai's side. Jai's a monster. Like mm -hmm. I said, people don't understand. The words was just